The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Every good journey requires movement. One must leave one place in order to arrive at another, whether physically or mentally or spiritually. And today is all about journeys. We've begun the season of Epiphany, in which we celebrate the journey and the arrival of the wise men who came from the east and followed a star and made their way to the Christ child. We also get to celebrate the baptism of Christ, and with it, the baptism of several new members of the body of Christ. But the first, first part of any journey requires a letting go, leaving something behind in order to be open to something new. In the first reading we heard from Isaiah, I get this image of a parent coaxing their child to jump off the side of a swimming pool and into the water. I hear God as that parent repeatedly encouraging and reassuring us, saying, go ahead and jump. Don't be afraid, I've got you, I'm right here. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This jumping off, this letting go and embracing something brand new is the first step to all discoveries, to all voyages, both great and small. You know, I can only imagine the wise men deciding to trust the signs in the stars 
the signs in their dreams and the signs in their studies, and pausing for just a moment to say to themselves, are we crazy? Before getting up the courage to take that first step away from home, comfort, predictability, It's not easy letting go of what we know and reaching out for that which we do not know yet. And we witness that same letting go in our baptismal liturgy. The first three promises that we make either for ourselves or for those who are young enough that they cannot speak for themselves yet. Those first three promises are to renounce some things, to leave them behind, to leave behind certain temptations that can keep us from ever lifting our feet from what feels feels like a solid and a safe place. We're asked, do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? And do you renounce the evil powers of the world and the sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? And of course, on the surface, we all say, yes, of course we renounce Satan. It feels easy until we start looking at those final details that are much harder to keep in our daily lives. We renounce all the things because first we have to let go of what is holding us back. And once we muster the courage to release, then and only then are we able to embrace all that we discover along the way. We trust that there is something greater out there a light that we are following, even if we don't know exactly where that will lead us or what we will find. The next three promises in our baptism start with a turn. In the earliest days of this liturgy, that was a physical turn that all of the candidates did at this point in the promises. And I think of that turn when I'm pondering Mary as she turned away from all logic and said yes to the angel. I think of that turn when I think of the shepherds. They turned away from their fields and their flocks and followed the angels. Or of the wise men as they turned away from their homes, decided to look up and trust that their path would be guided by the light of God. We're asked, do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? Turn, trust, and follow. It's that turn towards the unknown that comes with trusting that there are loving arms spread out wide and ready to catch us. 
the very beginning of this dreadful pandemic, on a rare trip into the office to grab some books and supplies, I found to my great surprise a gift for each of the clergy. It was not Christmas. This was a simple and yet profound act of kindness. It's a book called The Book of Joy. It's the book of joy, lasting happiness in a changing world. And it's filled with the wisdom of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. This book has been on my mind and on my heart a lot this past week as our world has had to bid farewell to Archbishop Desmond Tutu. I wonder if these two leaders would have been a part of that band of wise men. Or maybe they're more closely related to the light of the star that has led so many others to God. And wherever their place is in this journey, their wisdom and their faith continue to be a gift to our world. They talk about our anxieties, our worries, and our fears. Not as something to be avoided or denied, but as something to be confronted and faced. Worry and fear are the key to our survival instincts. And it's natural to be afraid as you step to the edge of a pool and contemplate taking that leap. It's okay to be worried as you renounce many of the temptations that promise us happiness and stability and glory. Learning to trust God and trust others and see ourselves as part of a much larger picture is the key to taking our first step in our journey to the deep and abiding joy that God wants for each of us. One passage that I want to share with all of you today is Archbishop Tutu explaining what the Dalai Lama and I are offering is a way of handling your worries. And that is thinking about others. You can think about others who are in a similar situation or perhaps even a worse situation, but have survived and even thrived. It does help quite a lot to see ourselves as a part of a greater whole. Once again, the path to joy is connection. And the path to sorrow is separation. When we see ourselves and others as separate, they become a threat. When we see others as a part of us, as connected, as interdependent, then there is no challenge that we cannot face together. Baptism is the beginning of our journey. It's that moment when we recognize that we are one part of a larger body of Christ and part of a much bigger kingdom, the kingdom of God. We do not take this voyage on our own, but rather as a community, just as the wise men did, and in doing so, we each bear our unique gifts that we have to give to the Christ child. The renewal of our vows is our focus back on the star, the light that is guiding us on our way. It will ask us to let go, 
to renounce many things that we have come to hold dear and to move ourselves through our fear as we leap into the arms of God, a God who knows us, who loves us, and calls us each by name. We all move forward together with God's help. Now, in the words of another king, one who would have been 87 yesterday, one of a more local nature than the three wise men that we celebrate this season, or the king found in Bethlehem, but a child of God all the same. It's as if we sing these words as we reach out to our God. Take my hand, take my whole life too, for I can't help falling in love with you. May God's light guide you through the darkness. May you discover the light of Christ in each person that you encounter along the way. And may that light shine through each of you as you bear your gifts to God. Amen.